If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zeph and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. What's going on, Year of Purpose podcast? This is Zephan Blacksburg, and I'm joined today by Kobe Goodman. And Kobe is a certified career coach and has ran thejobhunter.com for nearly five years. He specializes in helping his clients create eye-catching resumes, craft memorable interview answers, establish a professional LinkedIn profile, and explore new opportunities in their personal and professional networks. And the reason why I wanted to bring him in today is to have a little bit of a different episode. You know, uh, a lot of the time we talk about uh, what it's like to quit your job, leave it all behind, and join the entrepreneurial world. And the truth is, you don't have to necessarily do that. And so that's why I'm bringing him in today to chat about how we can uh, find a job that just better aligns with what we want to do and where you want to go in life. So Colby, maybe uh, talk a little bit, uh, introduce yourself and just tell everybody a little bit about what the job hunter is. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate being on here today. Um, So like I said, I've been running the job hunter for the last five years. Uh, I've been you know, helping people with their resumes, kind of figuring out what they want to do in their careers, how to get better opportunities, more money, um, et cetera. Uh, ever since I was in college, honestly, uh, being a, a career, a peer career coach and leadership development counselor um, in my fraternity, Alpha Kappa Psi, um, out here in sunny San Diego, I've kind of learned that, you know, people need that little bit of a push and they need a little bit of help. Um, and what I see mostly come across my desk um, as a career coach is people not really understanding their value as a candidate. I think a lot of people, and by by no fault of their own, you do your job, you do it well, you go in to your nine to five, five days a week, and it becomes obvious, it becomes habitual, it becomes normal. But unfortunately, people take that perspective on their candidacy and on their worth as a professional and put it towards looking for a new job. They feel like they don't have a lot to offer, they feel like they have no value, and it's my job to sit these people down and ask them the right questions and kind of hold this mirror up to them in a positive light um, and ask them, you know, what really can you do and what impact are you having on your job so that either you can get a raise or a title bump or another employer can recognize that and bring you on board to have them help, um, have you help them at their employer. Very cool. So you are giving people uh, a better opportunity and the tools to either work their way into a job at their existing company uh, that you know better aligns with what they want, whether it's more money or, or a better role. Uh, or it sounds like you're also placing people if they're in search of a job and don't have one currently yeah. uh, in, in a much better role. Yeah, I think the, the key with all of that, like I said before, is just understanding how to sell yourself for lack of a better term, right? Yeah. I think that it, you know, the term kind of personal branding has been this buzz phrase for the last handful of years. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that high tech. It can just be, how do you hold yourself in a, in a situation where it matters the most, which is an interview or personal or professional networking, um, or wherever an opportunity might arise. And I think a lot of people have issues with it because, you know, Growing up in our society, we're really told not to be braggy, not to you know really be boastful of our talents or our accomplishments. Um, but sadly, that's exactly what you have to do when you look for new employment, right? You have to do it because if if you don't do it, nobody else will, and your next employer only has to go on what you have written on your resume and what's coming out of your mouth in an interview. And so, if you're humble, 
And if you're standoffish and if you're kind of mousy about the whole situation, then as a hiring manager, as a recruiter, as an HR coordinator, that person has no choice but to assume that's who you really are and that's what you can really bring. And they'll pass you over and go to the next person. So it's my job to kind of help people break down those walls a little bit and really understand their value and understand what they're worth, um, both obviously monetarily, but also what they're worth to the department, to the company, um, to their team, so that they can better perform also. I think a lot of what I see are people come in my door and they're depressed and they're sad and they feel deflated because their job, their jobs don't line up with their passions or their interests or the people around them don't facilitate, you know, good energy or, or positive vibes. And it's kind of, they come in here and I'm my, you know, my goal is to in, help them understand and, and discover those things within themselves so that they can go out there and, like I said, either find that within their own company or look elsewhere for new employment, um, you know, for better satisfaction. So you brought up a, a unique point that uh, a lot of people aren't necessarily encouraged right now when it comes to the job search. Uh, you know, we hear a lot of this stuff about how, oh, it's a tough market and it's hard to find sure. a job. But at the end of the day, I mean, I just saw you know, Amazon opened up a warehouse uh, in Baltimore City, you mm-hmm. know, about 20 minutes from my house, and they hired a thousand new people. So jobs are being created every day. Uh, but I guess, how do we go about finding that dream job? Because, you know, just for an example, I was at Apple and I worked there for quite some time. And that's ultimately what led me to, to go into the entrepreneurial journey. But if I had left Apple and looked for, you know, a dream job, right? Like I probably would have looked in the video field because that's okay. my specialty and where I went sure. to college. And uh, one of my dream jobs that I considered was, you know, what if I could do like video for Facebook? You know, like what if I'm the guy who's literally filming in Mark Zuckerberg's office, right? Sure. And the funny thing is uh, within the last year, I got approached by Facebook and actually went through the interview process just to see what it was like because they considered me for that role. So funny story, it happened two years after I started a video business and had this portfolio. but how do I go after that coming from Apple? Like I just worked for this company for the last year and a half doing nothing related to what I really (laughs) want to do. You know, how do I sell myself to a company or a position when my past experience really just has nothing to do with my dream experience? Sure. So I think uh, this is where I think traditional job searching and entrepreneurship kind of cross paths is that kind of like what you did is you, you went out and you did your thing. Right, you were you produced video, you edited, you shot. That was your passion. That's what you did. You probably would have been doing it even if nobody paid you to do it. But the key for you it was to find those clients and get get notoriety for your skill sets. And that's kind of the same thing. Whether you want to go and be independent and be an entrepreneur, or you know have a more traditional you know corporate position, you need to go out there and be noticed in some form or way. So whether that's going out there and doing your thing independently. So if you want to create content, whether with video or with audio or with uh, the written word, just start, you need to start just doing it, right? You need to have some kind of soapbox to stand on when it comes to say, you know, I don't have any professional experience doing this, but here's all, here's my portfolio um, of experience through my passion that I can show you. Also too, you need to go out there and start making those connections. Um, No matter how great your resume looks, no matter how, how, much depth of, of uh, experience you have, a personal introduction 
is your most powerful and efficient way for you to get in, an intro uh, get an opportunity. Um, I think a lot of young people, like young people I, that I deal with that are coming out of college um, and looking for first their first career job, is they they think that if they just simply ask, then it'll happen. Um, if you go through that approach in finding your dream opportunity, hey, I want to. If you simply just ask somebody, I want to do, I want to lead video production at Facebook, you probably would have been laughed at, or your email would have went into the trash. But if instead you went, or you know, you, one of your listeners can go out there and say, find those people who are already doing what you want to do, and just have a conversation with them. If they're local, buy them coffee, buy them lunch, buy them a beer after work. If they're not, send them an email. Be very purposeful in finding as much information as possible so that you can learn from somebody that's already done it. I think that's a very valuable tool because that will also allow you to interact with this person, create some good rapport, and maybe get that introduction or that referral that you wouldn't otherwise because you were this curious person, um, because you were you know, not looking for a handout, that you were really looking for information so that you can, again, better understand the path that you're going to need to take in order to achieve what you want to do. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. So just to share with everybody listening, uh, that's actually exactly what I did. <laughs> so okay, I'm really perfect. glad that you shared it. So I, I, <laughs> now I guess proof of concept. Let, sure. me, let me share with you guys how this works. <laughs> um, so I had, I, I had, uh, I guess it wasn't my ultimate dream, but I thought I had this idea of like, hey, it would be really cool to work at Facebook to like run this video stuff. Like I'm still dedicated to my business and the entrepreneurial journey, uh, but it can never hurt to explore other options because you're never going to find out if you would like it until you at least try it. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so when I took, uh, a month off from my business last November and I was traveling all around the country, one of the places I happened to stop was in San Francisco. And as many of us know, Facebook is about a 30 minute drive from San Francisco. Sure. And uh, depending on which part you are, you're, you're pretty much right there. And um, you know, it's all Silicon Valley area. And I found that one of my fraternity brothers from college worked there and he was like a huge head of marketing. And I hit him up, was like, hey, man, I'm going to be there. I'd love to, you know, meet up with you. And he said, oh, yeah, just come to Facebook headquarters, just sign in at the front desk and we'll have lunch and we'll hang out. And I'm like, well, that was easy. <laughs> you and it, know? And I, it's just and I think that's that's the thing that people are too scared of is just simply asking. Yeah. Um, you I mean, and we can kind of go about this later, but I think your your already established professional network allows you to kind of get your foot in the door there. But I think it's simply just asking the question that I think a lot of people struggle with. Um, picking up the phone is really important, which I know a lot of um, young people, you and I included, are probably not it's not our favorite activities to talk on the phone with a stranger. Um, but it's those kind of small risks that have large rewards um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And so ultimately that led to, you know, I, I got uh, contacted by a recruiter later down the road for when a position did open up uh, to be like a producer and, and do their video work. And, uh, you know, it was a very interesting and great experience to go through the interview process. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm still here in Maryland and doing my thing, but like, it's one of those things where I definitely don't regret doing it. And sure. uh, I would totally consider it down the road. So uh, proof of concept here, exactly what you said, yeah. you know, finding a way to uh, get your foot in the door and, and just work your way into that, I think is a, a great thing. And uh, I guess this comes along with a lot of patience. So I have to ask you, like, <laughs> how do we, 
you know, bide our time? How do we uh, say that, you know, I want to quit my job, but really I probably need about six months to a year to build the things to get to the next one. So I think the key is to have a balance. I think that's the one thing. That's one thing I tell all my clients that you're going to, like, especially my unemployed clients who are, all they have to do is look for a job. You cannot feasibly do effective job searching for 40 hours a week. Um, same with, with, you know, if you have your job, whether it's a, you know, a, you know, you feel like you're a corporate slave or you're doing, you know, entry-level service work, if you're a waiter or a bartender, having some kind of balance. So understanding that you have to go to work, you have to make some money, you got to pay your bills. Um, but understanding too, that you need to dedicate time away from that to do what you want to do and doing it actively. It kind of goes, you know, same thing, any good habit, whether it's, you know, working out or meditating or you know, owning your own business, you have to create these good structures for yourself so that in six to 12 months from now, you can finally, you can see it come to fruition. It's not going to be overnight. No such thing as an overnight sensation, whether it's somebody like Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, somebody who's risen the ranks at a Fortune 500 company. It doesn't matter. Those per, you have to still put in the time. But I think the key is to kind of stave off uh, insanity a little bit is understanding that this is, this is temporary. And because the work that you're doing on a daily or weekly basis will eventually come to fruition at some point, that the time put into it isn't wasted. Right. And I think, you know, you and I can attest to that as entrepreneurs. It's like, you know, there were things in the beginning of our businesses that we hated doing that were grunt work or busy work, but we knew that we had to do it. And if you did it on a constant basis, it kind of, things started happening quicker and quicker and quicker. And I think those are the things that job searchers and young people especially who are looking to go along that path is understanding that it's going to take a little bit of time, but also understanding that your journey is also part of your experience and your, your value, right? As a, as a career coach, you know, before I became a full-time career coach, I had a traditional corporate job and without that experience, I wouldn't be as insightful and I wouldn't be able to provide the insight and the perspective that I do if I became a 22 year old career coach, which just sounds ridiculous out loud anyways, (laughs) but you need to have these experiences like you need to you know they they don't call it paying your dues for nothing and it's not that you are punished for this is that there are good lessons to learn while you wait tables or while you fetch the CEO coffee or while you work late on or you know nights and weekends there are good values to learn there and good lessons to have and there are also good stories when it comes to interviewing you know you should be having these good impactful stories that you're telling and if you're kind of been given this if you've you know been failing upward your whole life without actually earning anything, then it doesn't come off as genuine. It, you know you just you seem pompous, you seem lucky, and nobody wants to hire that kind of person. You need to be able to earn it and you know kind of slog through it as much as you can, so that when you do get to the top, you you get some good perspective and that you have some some experience to draw off of to be more impactful when you get to that point in your life. I love this episode so far, and I want to take a brief moment to talk about improving yourself each day. I know you are a huge fan of living life on your own terms, but if there's one thing I've learned in my journey, we need to constantly grow and look to others who have been in our shoes, which is why I've partnered up with Audible to give you one free download of your choice from over 180,000 books. Start your free 30-day trial by visiting yearofpurpose.com audible. Now back to the show. So let me play out. I have an idea for you. I'd love to play out an experience and just see where you would take it and where you would go with it. Sure. Uh, in almost combining uh, 
working and having a nine to five job uh, and figuring out how to use that or leverage that to transition into the entrepreneurial world. Sure. So let's say I work right now, nine to five, 40 hours a week. Um, and it doesn't really matter what I do right now. What matters is that uh, it's totally unrelated to what I want to do. Sure. So perhaps maybe I'm with a nonprofit, which is great because I'm helping other people, but it's not the right way in which I want to help people. And uh, my dream, you know, a, a big hobby, and this is me personally, has always been photography. I love taking sure. my camera out around town and, and just shooting creative stuff. And So let's say my big dream is photography. How could I go from this nine to five that I have now uh, to and maybe perhaps you would lead somebody to some sort of a photography job somewhere else, sure. uh, which ultimately allows them to learn enough so that they could start their own thing later down the road. How would I start that journey of like, all right, I'm still on my nine to five. Where do I go? Sure. So what I would say first and foremost is apply that passion inside of your nine to five as it is. So in your specific scenario, as a nonprofit, you should, you know, you're probably having events or fundraising events or, you know, you need to do some kind of marketing. So volunteer yourself as the, as the office photographer, as the office videographer, um, take pictures, you know, create, you know, do the blog postings, um, you know, maybe create, you know, end of the year, like photo booklet for, as a Christmas gift for everybody and just become, when somebody thinks of a photographer, make sure that, that, that you become the Pavlovian response, right? And so that way people understand, okay, well, you know, Colby, he's a really good photographer. He does really good work on our blog and, you know, on, you know, on our marketing stuff. Maybe he should come out and do my wedding or maybe he should come out and uh, do my, you know, son's first birthday. Or, and that way you just become the person who does that. And that's kind of how I started is that I would – I. I help my friends and my family with their resumes, with their interviewing, with their LinkedIn's, and just kind of as, as of a passion project. And it just came to the point where if any of those people had any friends or family members who needed that kind of help, I became the immediate person that they would go to because that, you know, those, those dots were already connected. So the first so, step is figure out how to basically pull that passion into your existing job and you're not asking for any more money, any more pay or, or a change in your role or mm -hmm. position, but this is just how do we start to bring in that passion just ever so slightly and obviously yeah. it sounds like you'll take on a few more projects as it yeah. grows. And I think too, it may, uh, you know, I think as, again, as entrepreneurs and those listening, I think the ter the phrase um, "ask forgiveness and not permission" kind of plays a role here. Is that you know it? You can't go to your boss and say, "I want to be the lead photographer for this nonprofit." No, you just start taking pictures. Like, do go above and beyond a little bit. Inject your passion into your daily life, and it will be. It'll hopefully take over more and more. Um, and I think, you know, it, it will. You will become a better. Everything, well, I think, will become better because you're able to apply your passions at work. You're going to be happier. Um, you're going to know more people. I think that's really important too is understanding how to apply your passions not only in your immediate department or company but how – I'm sorry, department or team but how the entire company can – can benefit from it. Uh, my case in point, um, my first job out of college was doing help desk support um, for a large financial um, organization based out of here in San Diego. Um, you know, as much as I like fixing computers, I kind of got pretty quickly sick and tired of um, answering the phone every day and helping computer literate people how to restart their computers. Um, so it was, you know, I, I started to 
figure, okay, what else can I do? And I really liked public speaking. I did a lot of workshops and presented a lot of workshops in college. And I found out that our um, company did this large nationwide sales conference once a year um, at this big hotel in San Diego. And so I said, you know, is there an IT component? And there wasn't. And I said, well, if I created a, you know, a, a quick 60 minute, you know, basic good practices for IT management, could I give it? And they said, sure. And so, and I just did it. Like it, I, I didn't get paid more for it. I stayed later at work. You know, it was something that was, again, I kind of asked, I asked a little bit of permission, but I wasn't going to do it anyways. And it wasn't anything that was asked of me. I just kind of volunteered myself. And that allowed me to get a bigger, you know, got up in front of 400 people and gave this speech. Um, and as an IT person, as you can attest, um, we're not really the we're not really known widely as being socially um, poignant and persistent, yeah. um, <laughs> and so being kind of the face of my department all of a sudden, even above people like my boss or her boss or his boss, um, allowed me to network better inside the company, allowed me bigger and better opportunities along the line, and it just it kind of you know cascades from there. If you just kind of start being that person and like I said before, just be, become the go-to resource for your passion, then things start to fall in line a lot quicker. So I've, I've opened up this space uh, to bring the passion into my existing company. Uh, at the same time, it's probably not 100% of the way to my dream, right? Like sure. Maybe it's 50% of the way. So I guess my question now is, do I want to find a job that aligns with that or do I want to uh, create a position or do I want to leave and start my own sure. thing? What's, sure. What do you think is the best way to go? I think, you know, it depends what your risk tolerance is, right? Do you want to go out, you know, obviously the grass is always green on the other side, but the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. So um, kind of figuring out what you want to do. Like when your specific scenario with the nonprofit, if your heart's in it, um, partially, but your head and your actions are not maybe figuring out a way to kind of merge the two a little bit. Um, if, if you've, you know, if you want to do something creative like photography, um, and you can build a portfolio, then take that portfolio elsewhere and see what you can do. Um, or if you, you know, have, have the, the wherewithal to turn it into its own personal business, I think that's an opportunity also. Um, there's no right answer to that question. I think that's kind of, that's, you're going to have to really take a deep look inside and figure out what you really want. Because people, I mean, you can still do your passion, but also have stability. Um, I think the important thing, too, is to understand that, um, you know, you a, a job sometimes is just a job. I think that's a lot of, especially young people, you know, you're in I age, who come out of school and we've kind of been pumped with this whole, like, follow your dreams, <laughs> like, all this stuff. And you can still do that, but... There are necessities in life that require a steady paying job and understanding that a job is just a job. And if you allow it more power than it really should allow in your life, then it, it wins, right? You can still show up from your nine to five and you don't have to love it, but you can still do a decent job. But when you leave, if you're able to leave it there and come home and, and be somebody else or be who you really want to be, then take that. And that kind of understanding of it where – your job shouldn't be your identity and vice versa. And I think coming out of college, a lot of young people struggle with that because all I, you know, all you are is what you are at school, right? You're, you might be the video guy or you're the DJ or, 
um, you know, you're the popular kid or you're the IT guy like I was. And so understanding that you can separate the majority of, of what you do from actually who you are can allow you to take that deeper look inside and understand, okay, what do I really want out of, out of life? And I think, you know, if you're under 30, you should start exploring what you want to do. Um, cause maybe, and I think people struggle with understanding, you know, it's okay to change your mind about what your dream is. I think that's something that people fight a lot. It. Yeah. And that makes two of us, right? Like I think, you know, people understand that or people need to understand that it's okay um, to change your mind first and foremost. And also, also understanding too, kind of like I said before, is kind of paying your dues is understanding what you don't want to do is equally as valuable as understanding what you do want to do because that all adds up to the same equation. Yeah. It, so you said something there that I really liked, which was essentially that you don't have to have the same passion throughout your entire life. Like your, your story can change. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think of it almost as, you know how the fast and furious movie series now has like seven movies out. And I'm sure at some point they'll probably make an eighth, ninth and 10th. Sure. I, I, I almost want to see our lives as if each part of our story is its own unique movie, right? Because at the end of the day, when you watch a movie, most of the time, most movies don't cover a person's life from birth mm -hmm. until death, right? Sure. Like most movies, while their timelines are very skewed, you're only seeing what could probably be compressed into about a year of their life. And so I think that if we look at our life as if each unique story that we have is its own movie, we get to hit the reset button and make a sequel and make mm -hmm. it whatever we want. Sure. And, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, and that's the opportunity, right? Especially now in this day and age with technology and being able to reach out and touch. I mean, you're in Baltimore, I'm in San Diego, you know, we met on a website. Like it was just, it, if we told our, our grandparents would be capable today, they wouldn't believe us. And that opportunity today and those, and those resources allow us to do that more easily now. Right. Think about it this way too. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a paleontologist. I wanted to be a football player when I was a kid, but because I'm not those things now, doesn't make me any, you know, worse of a human being. Doesn't make, doesn't, I don't look at myself bad in the mirror because I've given up all my dreams. It's just that that that's shifted, right? And I think understanding too is that kind of and I think also too what I'm doing now I has been this shift in dream, right? I've always been good at this. I know I've always been passionate about it, but I think too I psychologically didn't think there'd be any money, wouldn't be able to support myself and and the future I want to create doing what I like to do, and so I kind of ignored it for a long time. But it wasn't until I embraced it and did it because I want without pay, just because I wanted to do it, and that's when things started really happening for me. And I think that's something also too is that you know nothing as cliche as it sounds, life isn't going to go. It's not going to look the way you want it to look ever, because um, if it did, it would be way too easy, and it honestly would be pretty boring. And so understanding, looking for those signs of. Uh, those aha moments or those moments of epiphany so that you can understand, okay, this is what, this is what my next step is going to be. Cause I think if you ultimately think that it's going to go step one, two, three, and four, you're going to be very disappointed because really it's, you're going to take step a and then you're going to take step 
you know, A part one, and then you may go to B. There's like, it, it's just not going to work out the way you think it is. And being okay with that, I think is really important. And being, but still knowing that you, you have control. You're not a victim of your own life. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of what I see coming through my door, especially with people who have, who have kind of fallen on hard times is the thing I have to kind of browbeat out of them before we can even get started doing the productive work is understanding that you're in control. As much as it may feel like you're completely out of control, you you are completely in control. And that's a lesson I learned both as an entrepreneur um, and honestly as, as a young college student kind of experiencing being away from home and losing that structure. Um, your attitude to what you're doing is is makes it or breaks it entirely. So if you can go into it with a good attitude, like I said before, if you can understand that your job is just a job and it's not who you are, it's not your identity, it's not going to be your entire life, you... I think you can, you know, you can tolerate it more, you can survive it more, and you have a better attitude. And thus, you'll maybe get a promotion, a pro, you know, you'll get recognized by a senior leader, you, you know, get a, a pay raise, and kind of understanding that this is, you know, part of your journey a little bit, and it will not that it's all going to work out because I think that attitude is that laissez-faire attitude has also ruined as many people as who think that <laughs> I'm a I'm a victim of all my circumstances, but. Just understanding that you can control what you control, and that's you can't think of anymore. I think so. Here, let me. I don't know if I can take this down and show you here. So this is what I have. Um, I don't know if you can. It's probably backwards, but this is the the sign I have. It's just a plain white piece of computer paper above my desk, and I oh, have. Oh, actually, four... it is right side. It is. I can okay, see cool. it. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So I'll read them off here real quick for your audio yeah, listeners. Yeah, go for so it. I have four sayings that I have um, that that are taped above my desk every day, and it's these things. If I want something I've never had. I'm going to do something I've never done. I refuse to waste time worrying about the things that I cannot control. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better by the choices that I make and the work that I do. And lastly, I am tough enough to do whatever needs to be done for as long as it takes. And I think it, again, I'm also not a proponent of, you know, big touchy feely things, but I think these kind of affirmations and this kind of constant reminder that you know what? This is you're not a victim, um, and you you should you know you should be taking you should be taking control. It's it's your right as a human being to take control of your own life. And if you're not, then you're doing yourself and everybody that you know and your community as a whole a disservice. I I think that's the best way to to look at this. So just to round things out, I mean, I would say I don't think that having a job is the devil. <laughs> no, so, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I I think a lot of it comes off uh, that way. Up front because I love being an entrepreneur way more than I loved that particular job that I was in uh, before I got to this point. Mm -hmm. But um, I think you've given a lot of really good perspective on how you truly can uh, find or almost create a job that you do absolutely love and enjoy. And I think you had a very good point with, uh, you know, as long as you can realize that your job is not part of who you are and kind of leave work at work. Uh, another thing that I pulled away from just chatting with you today is uh, something someone always told me was don't ask, don't get. Mm -hmm. And so like not going at life with this entitled attitude of, well, I went to college, so I deserve a job now, but saying, you know what, could I have that job and just seeing what happens? Sure. Uh, like I said before, it's just kind of, if you can ask the right questions to the right people, you'll be very surprised at the answers that you're going to get. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, it's been great to chat with you today. Uh, Let's share with everybody, you know, if someone's interested in getting their resume checked out, if they want to have somebody who can help them create a resume. Um, I know this is a totally different episode, so I'm really excited (laughs) that, you know, we get to like go off topic of entrepreneurship here and actually look at the other side of the table. Um, So yeah, share with everybody, you know, what they can do. Sure. So if you uh, if you want to learn more about my services, uh, career coaching, resume writing, etc., uh, you can go to thejobhunter.com. That's T H E J O B H U N T R dot com. Uh, you can just email me at colby at thejobhunter.com. Uh, if you look me up on LinkedIn, it's just Colby Space Goodman K O L B Y. Um, and mention the podcast. I'll give you a little bit of discount uh, if you want to move forward with some services. We'd love to help you, listeners. Kind of. Maybe identify what they want to do next and how to kind of figure that into their, you know, traditional professional lives. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Year of Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review if you loved this episode. Now, are you ready to live life on your own terms? Head on over to www.yearofpurpose.com right now for the tools, resources, and the roadmap to living a life rescripted. And tune in next week for another episode of the Year of Purpose.